0: And I would say, Lawrence, that even you verbalizing your experience in the game, if you were in another scenario again, you would take that wisdom of this is what I learned as a result of that to reframe that whole experience moving forward. And I think that's what live drills, live scenario training is all about is preparing you, like you said, when you're not in that scenario. So that when you are in the scenario, you go, yep, got this. This is familiar. This is normal. So you're not alarming your primal brain going danger 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 this is not good or this is beyond you're actually going there's a familiarity getting comfortable being uncomfortable so to speak that allows you to actually go i can still perform yep i've done this before this is normal nothing no nothing to see nothing to worry about and that as a result that allows you to stay in your zones of still performing while things are a little bit more challenging than normal
1: Welcome to this edition to wabi sabi and this gonna be an impromptu podcast in a way because we actually had a specific topic we wanted to talk about but jim in his wisdom and i uh, always love to throw curveballs at the end uh at the beginning of our calls and he said you know we're just having a chat and just checking in with each other and all of a sudden it's like why don't we just talk about that And i'm like okay yep. you know let's just uh no preparation that's how we roll in wabi sabi we yep. we don't prepare for our our podcast, simply because we want this to be authentic, because it's about the art of imperfection. There's no perfection here, we don't have notes, we just really just kind of go with what uh, how we feel and what we're talking about, uh, on on the top of my mind. So, Jim, you are going through, uh, you know, we're just talking about summer and i hate to put these in context because i want to make these evergreen but let's just you know it's summer somewhere in the world right now uh (laughs) usually at least half the world uh or and right now you you got your boys uh in town and uh, we're just talking about the balance between you know spending time with family and spending time with work and also The overwhelm, or maybe we won't call overwhelm, but like the balance of those two, while you're engaging with major projects, you're dealing with.
0: Yeah, and 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 you're right, Lawrence. I want to I want to piggyback on what you just said. We had a topic. We went right. We're going to talk about this today. And just in our pre-call pre-recording meeting, we were like, "Hey, this is going on. That's going on. That's and that's right." and, And thank you for actually going. Let's just course correct and let's just go with this because I guess the emotion that was coming up in us. I think is probably something that a lot of people will feel when they've got a lot of things, a lot of moving parts going on. So, so yeah, it it has for me. It has been a really hectic uh, period, no no question about it. It's it's we're in a European summer right now, uh, and because we work not just just geographically in the people that we see in our location, we uh, work with clients throughout the world, both of us. And so, what that generally means is things don't always line up and synchronise exactly as as uh, you would think you would have in your local environment. So while a lot of people here in Europe are going into uh, go slow and going into holiday mode and whatever, you and I are cranking you know you and I are cranking getting things done coordinating for because of trips that we've had, trips that are coming up um, talking and supporting people throughout the world and you look around sometimes and go am I the only one around here who's working? you know am I the only one who's really just, going pedal to the middle it it feels like everybody's in holiday mode except me what's going on
1: Mm, did you have an element of that yeah when you add the element of like your kids being home my kids are home at the moment obviously from school holidays and uh and you want to kind of keep them somewhat busy but at the same time you're like hey daddy's got to work still and the weird reality of like what's what you're going through personally isn't yeah. matching necessarily what others are going through. And this is how, you know, when you're dealing with clients from around the world or any client anyways, no matter what it is, uh, no matter what business you're in, you also got to take into the fact that your world doesn't necessarily match, you know, everybody else's world. I think when we were, you know, during the COVID period of time, that was probably the only time that I recognized in my lifetime where pretty much everyone in the world was experiencing the exact same thing. Right. Hmm. Other than that, any other time in, the, in my lifetime has always been something different. We're always experiencing different. So right now we're in summer. We're dealing with like slowdowns and, you know, things are going on holidays, people traveling a lot of, you know, moving, you know, everybody's going to the beaches and taking time off. Whereas, you know, let's say clients in Australia, it's in the middle of winter, like they're just like yeah. bunkering down. Let's go. Let's, you know, let's, let's just start hustling. And, and the reverse will happen when Australia, Asia Pacific starts going on in their holiday mode in December, January, and everybody's like, hey, let's go. It's cold, let's, you know, we're, gonna, we're staying at home anyway, so let's work. And so I think oftentimes, it's about matching the, the, the external environment, you know, sorry, the environment of your clients and the people you serve doesn't necessarily match the environment that you're in now. And that was really, you know, I'm gonna just go slightly off topic here, but I think it makes the point where, I rarely recognize this when my father-in-law um, had his accident. Okay, so when he had his accident, he, you know, for those people who don't know, he, um, he, he broke his neck on Christmas Day, and he had to, uh, he basically became a quadriplegic. Now, during that period of time, because it was Christmas, uh, everybody was on holiday, and I, I still had to practice. And I was trying to find someone to cover for me. But unfortunately, you know, as a chiropractor, I couldn't find someone that last minute, everybody's on holiday. So I still had to, you know, basically, I, I had to go serve. And I remember one time, uh, being in the mall, in the shopping mall, you know, getting groceries or whatever. And, and I, you know, obviously, you know, overwhelmed with sadness and, and, you know, all the stuff, all the, all the questions that come along with it, but you start to realize like everybody's happy, joyous, you know, Christmas time. Everybody's like with their families, it's the summertime in Australia and everybody's moving on with their lives. And, you know, here, here I am sitting there going, like, I wanted to just shout out to the top of a voice, like, don't you know what's going on? Right? Like, mm-hmm. why are you guys so happy? And it, I know this is just internal, but I, but someone in the world right now is feeling that way. Right. Someone mm-hmm. in the world right now is feeling down, sad, you know, depressed, or whatever they're going through because something has happened to them um, or happening, to, you know, uh, happening to them right now. And, but the world moves on. And I, it was like a real clear moment. I was like, oh, the world continues to spin. The world is continuing moving no matter what's actually happening to me. And I think that was like one of those weird moments in my life where you just like, there's this like disconnection and connection mm-hmm. to the world that I felt. And I can't really describe it. That's the only way I can kind of describe it. And I feel like that's sort of happening in this moment in time, sort of something similar yeah. to that.
0: Well, you know, it's it's a normal physiological response that when things get overwhelming, we disconnect. Mm-hmm. It's actually a survival mechanism. So that disconnection process disconnects you to, to the circumstances, kind of like a pressure valve that's released to allow you to adapt and and, and and compensate with what's going on so there are plenty times when things get overwhelming people check out mentally physically emotionally to be able to cope with what's going on so i totally yeah, that's get a good that, point that that's a good
1: about. point yeah 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 i guess you're kind of somewhat unplugging from the world for a little while you yeah. want to get off that train the hard part i think is oftentimes is like you know, uh, there's, there's two consequences with that. No, not two consequences, but like you have a choice at that point. It's like, you can stay disconnected or, and then that, that is not necessarily always, always healthy either, but you know, at some point you reconnect and that reconnection phase, like, shoom, like you just gone right yeah. back to, uh, to reality and, and the, and the moving train. And sometimes that could also be very jolting as well.
0: Yeah. You know, there's two different components there we, we, that we can probably tease out and talk about here is it's, when you're meant to be in your A-game and you disconnect, that's one thing. But when you're in holiday mode, how do you unplug? So mm. it's it's a case of, you know, if, if you uh, have a business and you've gone away or and you need to ensure that everything's still operating okay, how do you still get the break? How do you still detach yourself from the day-to-day operation, ensure that everything's okay, that things haven't burnt down or blown up or anything like that, but still also on a, the downtime that you've got, your holiday time, your family time. Because if you're if you're, you know, there's an old saying, wherever you are, that's where you should be. That's where you should be. And if you can't if you can't focus on the break, the quality times, et cetera, and you're thinking about what you what's left behind or whatever, you haven't actually dissociated from that day to day. So you go back, and it's happened to me before where I've spent the majority of the break concentrating, thinking about how everything's going to be operating when I get back to the point where I didn't honor the break i didn't recharge at the level that i could have so that was a really big lesson for mm. me so so that was a bit just when you were talking about your father-in-law that that was the difference i thought was you're in something that you you're trying to get out of and you had to still be present but emotionally, you had, you were trying to disconnect and you didn't feel as connected as you normally could. So there was probably a bit of a difference there.
1: Yeah, the, I think the biggest challenge um, that I would find, and I've been in this couple of situations where like, you know, you, like maybe it's like right now, like where as everybody's on holiday and I like mentally I should go, oh, I should really be, be on holiday as well and check out and, mm-hmm. and, and really kind of be with family. However, at the same time, there's a balance in, in my head that, as well as that I need to push. There's certain things yeah. I need to get done and I still need to kind of be of service and and that's conflicting sometimes because sometimes like you do want to honor the checkout but at the same time you also know that if you don't actually have the luxury to do so Um, how would you handle that situation how do you balance
0: that you know it's a great question Stephen covey years ago wrote you know a couple of great books and the seven habits of highly effective people the other one he wrote which i found really helpful was first things first Hmm. and it was a it was a great frame that he used to be able to help identify not just uh, planning and time management but priority management, which it really helped me. And he used the example of the fish tank. Mm. And he talked. He basically said, if you have a fish tank and you have certain ingredients, you have rocks, little rocks, sand and water, and you're trying to get as much of the, the, that in there, what do you do? Now, the big rocks signify the most important things in your, your world. The little rocks that you know once level two levels down sand not as important and and water are kind of like filler things times distractions etc and his principle was always that you always put your big rocks in first and so consequently once you've got all your big rocks in place and you plan for those that's when you start putting the little rocks in and when you in between the gaps of the big rocks and once you've got as many big rocks, little and little rocks in there, that's when you put the sand in. And by the end, you might only have a little bit of water, but the reality in the scheme of things, they're not as important. Mm. So you, I, I got to a realization years ago that because of what I'm trying to see and do in the world, and, and all the experience I want to have, there will more be things that I, there will be more things that I want and need to do than time available. So I had to get really, really clear on what are the most important things that I cannot afford to drop, what things can I uh, not af- afford to let go of because they're too important for me? So for yeah. me, it's family, kids, health and well-being relationship. So in your answer to your question, I know it's long-winded, I always prioritise those first. Yeah. And so fundamentally, I'll put the big rocks in in there. And if I don't get an opportunity to do the things that would be great, whatever. I'm at peace with that because I know I've gotten the big ones taken care of first.
1: Well, you know, like to, uh, in reverse, right. What happens yep. is that I'll just to continue on that story is that if you put the sand in first and then you put the pebbles, you're never going to be able to fit the big rocks in. So like, that's the, that's the, 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 you know, the, the answer to that. So that's why the big rocks have to go first. So yep. I think one of the key elements is though that with that, like with that, um, yep. with that analogy, one has to be aware of what your big rocks are, which you kind of highlighted already. So it's really important, right? You have to know what your big rocks are. If you don't know what your big rocks are, this is going to be a problem. So number one, you have to kind of take you know, kind of be aware of it. I think the second thing is also being, not being distracted by the sand and the water. Mm. I, you know, I don't know about everybody else, but sand and water, they're, they're sexy. They're, they're the ones that are fun to do because they uh, they're the distractions that are easy. And that's the social media. It could be sure. you know, video games. It could be your phone. It could be just things that are easy to do right what we you know there's another book called uh eat the frog i think eat, it's eat um, the frog, yeah, by brian yeah. tracy and and, brian and, tracy, and, yeah. and he talks about you know if you kind of combine the books the two books together you are sort of going well you know if you're going to eat the frog anyways you want to eat the big frog first right and the biggest yeah. frog first because that's you know to start the day you want to eat the biggest frog and because one of the reasons why is because you feel that much accomplished when you actually done the biggest and that you need to do that day, so I think as what you know the analogies are great and to to make sure you understand it's like it's not just about picking and being aware but also you know spending the time to know the priorities and actually taking the time actually reevaluating your action steps right now moving forward um of all the things you're actually it's like all the let's call it, let's talk about juggling right so if we're juggling yep. over overwhelmed at the moment, you got all these things yep. in the in the air. Is to actually spend the moment instead of just keep juggling, you keep juggling and jump like, oh my God, I'm overwhelmed. Is to sometimes be able to take a moment to put all the balls down mm. and then decide, do I actually have to juggle all of these first? Right? Do mm. I even have to juggle? Because sometimes you don't need to juggle all these balls, realizing that, you know, this is a freaking pebble and this is the sand here. I need, I should only be juggling the big rocks. And I think that analogy, we know what you said is so powerful. Um, and I think that's something that we need to kind of do.
0: And I want, to, I want to come back to that juggling analogy too, because uh, some great wisdom that I was also given as well is yes, you put them down. And also, if you've got you are juggling some balls in the air, identifying which ones are the rubber ones and which are made of glass or crystal. Ooh, I like that. I like that. Yeah, it. because the crystal ones, you can't afford to drop them and they're yeah. your highest priorities, i.e., your big rocks. So if you keep your eye on them, the rubber balls will bounce and you can let that go and things will be okay. Which, which probably leads into the whole discussion, Lawrence, of the difference between, you know, there's a lot of talk about balance and harmony. And a few years ago, uh, it was a colleague of ours who actually really introduced me to this concept and basically said that balance is a really difficult thing to maintain, hmm. but harmony is a lot more of a dynamic model because it identifies that there are times where you know you're going to need more time or, or energy in one specific quadrant, and you allocate that accordingly, knowing that, okay, you're gonna put a bit more time here, it's gonna be a little bit less time here, but you're always in control of that. It's, it's when you're trying to get up this artificial pie that you're trying to even everything up to the point where you're you're not really acknowledging the pressing nature of things, which is along the lines of what you asked before. I think that is when people come, come unstuck. I know I certainly had in the past. So when I recognize that, okay, like you said, you've got a break coming up in the next in the next couple of weeks. So in order to make that happen, I'll definitely get you to expand on that. There are things that you have to put in place now to ensure you have that freedom in there. So do you want to talk about that? And that to me is really what Harmony is all about.
1: Yeah, like for me, it's like it's a, a change. In, uh, to me, it's homeostasis, right? Like at any given yep. moment in time, we have to work a little harder. If we're going to go for you know a workout or we're going for a run, like your heart rate is going to go up. It's not imbalance. It, it is just homeostasis. To your heart is basically adapting to the pressure and the environment that you put your you know the, that you put yourself in to kind of make sure there's enough blood flow to your rest of your body. So I think it's in any given time there's going to be some stickiness and or some required more energy uh in certain areas so in you know in my case i'm sure everybody's been through this case where you're going okay well i know i got a holiday coming up and i know i'll have a break i'm not gonna be taking calls i'm not gonna be i'm gonna take i'm gonna totally switch off and so what that means is that i'm gonna have to stack you know all the work that i need to do right now like you know before the holiday and stack it afterwards so that i've got momentum leading up to it and also momentum afterwards and we all know we can do it and we've got to But it puts a lot of pressure. So which means I I do have to work a little harder, um, you know, as I lead into this holiday, because I know that there's so much to be done prior to so that I can make sure that I completely check out or check out as best as possible during the holiday break. And those preparation is important. We just we don't unless you have a job where you really just go in there and you are, you do your job and you get paid a salary and it doesn't really matter whether you're working, you know, whether how much, how fast or how much you work. But most of us, you know, as entrepreneurs are in an environment, in a business environment, where we, we, we're, we're compensated by the amount of effort we put into uh, our day-to-day, you know, uh, deliveries. And so, that matters in terms of from that point of view. So that's why I think for those people, those of us are in those situations that we have to make sure we do the right thing. And we may just need to work and prioritize those things, prioritize the work, say over family, the weeks leading up, leading into it. That's sort of the pressure I'm feeling at the moment.
0: Yep. Yeah, and you know, for me, I had uh, just put some context, I had a really busy week last week, I flew to Amsterdam, did some work there, fantastic event, got to Amsterdam, it was like a heat wave. It's like it's not meant to happen here. You know, this is like really hot. It was hotter than in Barcelona and they're ill-equipped for the heat. So One than a 100 audit- years, right? <laughs> oh, it's amazing. It was like we're in an auditorium, but there's no air conditioning oh, here. No. And it's like 100 people in there. It's like, are you kidding me? So, but it's like, I didn't think it gets this hot in Amsterdam. Sure does. Um, so I had a lot of that. And because my kids are, have flown in from New York and London this week, so it was awesome catching up with them. And it also coincided that there were pressing time-sensitive projects that I had to work on, coupled with the fact that my son has decided that you know, he, he's competing in a jiu-jitsu competition at the end of next week. So he decided that it would be a great idea for both of us to ramp up our training in preparation for that. So I, I've had all these um, factors that I'm working with, but I got to the point where I went, okay, I know I'm going to be tired. It's just It just is. You know, next week, When the kids are gone, I'll be begging to have had that extra time with them. So for Mm. me, it was the awareness, like you talked about awareness, just to go, you know what, you're under the pump at the moment. That's okay because in the grander scheme of things, you're dedicating a bit more energy to some of these big rocks because you have the first time in six months that you're seeing your kids. So to me, that was like a priority. Mm. So I, I will compromise my sleep and rest For a short period of time because i know that the time with my kids is way too precious to waste it on other things that that i could be doing or allocating it so to me i know it's not a indefinite period it's a short period of time having taken care of my health and vitality will ensure that when i have these periods where i have to crank up a little bit for more my body can handle it and then i'll go back into a normal
1: homeostatic state Yeah, so there's two things right there. What you said, one, I want to address this, which is preparation, like preparing, you know, uh, before it actually happens, like preparing for overwhelm when you're not actually in overwhelm, so that your body can be. Ba- not balance can be prepared for to adapt to those situations where it requires you. This is why we train right we train because we want not that we need to go into competition every single week. No, we train because when we're called to do some, you know, hard work, or maybe a competition or maybe do something physical, that we're bodies actually well prepared for it, right? And that that's mm. the whole point. And I think the the second thing too as well, and I actually I am blanking exactly what the second thing was. I knew what was gonna happen. <laughs> I should've started there. Um but you know I, one of the things that I think uh brought me to I'm, this may be the second point, but who knows? I'm making it up as I go along. But it, it's actually. No one will
0: but, know, Lawrence. Like, I know. I should have said it. No one knows
1: what that second <laughs> point was. But <laughs> you're gonna want on the next episode. On the next episode, I will tell you what the second thing is. Uh, but there, the, my, I actually do have a second point. The second point was to to this to the fact of how we adapt in certain moments. When you just sort of said, like you just know mentally that in this moment of time. I know it's not healthy for me, but this is what I'm gonna to have to do. I'm willing to sacrifice certain things. And uh, this example happened to me last week, right? Uh, I'm, I entered a, a paddle tournament, and yeah. uh, and I saw that on. Man, searches. God, you know, we were we were uh, scheduled to play at 6 p.m. Right? and we, I showed up at 5:30 trying to warm up. You know, you got to make sure you warm up when you, when you're getting this old and you you know like a little older. Your body stiffens up. You want to make sure you you get there. And my first game did not start till 8:30 like it's like two and a half hours late I'm like, this is ridiculous and we you know we made it all the way to the semifinals, and we we're playing two 21 year old kids so like two of them combined doesn't equal one of our age and uh i was so tired it was like a ele- we didn't finish till 11:30 30 at night time the finals didn't finish until an hour later i was so tired and and so yeah tired, but you know and i was exhausted the next day i woke up i was yeah, sore yeah. my body was aching and, yeah. but it's that moment in time, it was just like, all right, it's one game or one tournament, you know, i know I don't stay up this late ever usually, but you almost got to just stay focused on the moment. And for me, the problem was I checked the time. I, you know, I was focused yeah. on time where the guy who actually won, um, he's a bit older than me and he was, he was actually, he beat those 21 year old kids, uh, beat them handsomely well too, as well, uh, him and his partner beat them well. And they, he was, he was like, oh my God. And we were just talking about it, uh, before, and he goes, man, it's late. And he's like, I goes, you know what time it is, right? And he goes, no. I go, actually, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. I'm going to just stay focused. And he he just, he didn't want to know the time. There's no clocks. I didn't tell him. And he was just, fuck. he knew it was late. I'm like, logically he knew it was late, but he was like, nope, don't tell me because I don't want to enter in my brain. And he was so focused, man. I've never seen someone so yeah. driven, so focused. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, he 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 won that tournament. And so I guess my point was, was that, is to think about like, staying in the moment he was in the moment you talk about people in the moment he was in the moment not letting anything distract them uh for that tournament it was really great to see even someone you know who's not a pro we were just amateurs to kind of stay that honed in on the prize uh who they beat the team that actually they lost to them earlier in the the tournament so which was really cool to see
0: you know i was just thinking uh, i'm reminded back back in australia when they play the uh australian open the tennis and they have it at the hottest time of the year in australia mm-hmm. and it always seems to get these little drawn-out games that the games finish at three thirty in the morning yeah. and i think spot on of what you say the hard part is that they know the competitors know what time that is but i could see the logic in what you were talking about the guy with the paddle final week. I don't want to know what time it is because you've got, you're dealing with your own fatigue and then you're dealing with the narrative and the story about that as well, which is a compounding one. Mm-hmm. And I I found that yesterday where I, you know, when, we, when we're training jujitsu jitsu and it's like 34 degrees, 36 degrees and it's really humid and you've got 40 people in a room who are just wrestling and fighting each other, it is just, hot as any scenario that I can make it's like doing bickering but fighting in someone mm-hmm. with someone and I did two sessions yesterday a lunchtime one and an evening one and by the end of the day I was I, I, we, we, we were getting the train home because it's the easiest way to get the training I was falling asleep I was absolutely falling asleep I'm having dinner with my kids and I'm like falling asleep chewing it was that time. but yet today I look back and I go Wow, I would have naturally instinctively wanted to retract from that. I would have gone, okay, I've got life really busy at the moment. I need to pull back. And I normally do that. But here's a situation where I actually went the other way, where I actually went, okay, I'm leveling up on multiple areas, which not so much that it surprised me, but sometimes you do. You surprise yourself in terms of what capacity you have. But I also noticed that in a healthy scenario, that is not sustainable. It's a, like you were up playing late for a final. You're probably not going to do that four times a week, just like I won't. But it's a case of saying, okay, when the demands are necessary, this is part of, like you said, preparation, mentally, physically, all those kind of things where when the situation comes and you have to be tested, you've got to go all in, you can count on your reserves because you've built them up over time.
1: Yeah, and, and what failed me was, you know, the the headspace, you know, and I recognize yeah. it now. I, what failed me was I got caught in the overwhelm. You know, the amount of times I or as I reflect back now, it's like the amount of times I said, This is well past my bedtime. You know, yeah. you know, I and I said this like even when we played in the quarterfinals, we were, it, was, it was like ten thirty. And I was like, I'm in bed by ten. And uh here I am, and you know, lucky we we beat that that, that team, but it was like by the semifinals, like, my, I was already here. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Like, you know, and I, I yeah. said that over, whereas, you know, yeah. like we said, the finals guys, uh, Christian, he was amazing and he was able to steer. So I think this, the reason why I'm mentioning this is because the overwhelm sometimes can, well, really overwhelm us. Like it, we, we get caught up in yes. the story and it's not necessarily the things. It wasn't the tournament that, you know, collapsed on us. It was just, we had this mental fatigue, physical fatigue as well. And it just kind of like, and it, it, I remember aspiring then, like, I remember, like, because we were playing, I was, it got a little chilly that night, you know, cause we're already sweating, but these games are like an hour apart. And so you kind of get stiff and you got a bit cold and then, you know, then, then it goes, okay, well, I'm tired. I'm a little bit cold. I'm stiff my body's not moving as well. This is my fourth, fifth game now. Yeah. And then like, you see what I mean? Like, and then they go, oh, I'm going to yeah. play these freaking 21-year-old who can freaking run around the court and just like, you know, I'm fast, but they're faster. And it's like, yeah. you, you, sh- you get in your head and that's what happened, yeah. you know? And we yeah. and we just, we were already down. Once we got down, we just couldn't get out of it. We just like almost somewhat somewhat gave up because it was like the shots just weren't making it over the net or it just was a little bit too hard or a little bit too slow. And it was just like, just a little bit. And it's when you really look back, we just thought like, that's what it was it it was just like we yeah. just lost focus we stopped yeah. playing our game and they were aggressive as 21 yeah. year olds you can you can't be addressed but that's not our game our game is patience we're slower yeah. when we make them make the mistakes we just didn't do that and so because we're mentally fatigued and so but it's the it's the spiraling effect of the overwhelmed thinking that got yeah. to us and i think that's exactly what happens in, in life and in business is that we are overwhelmed we all do and i think we just proved that it happens all the time and we're all going to experience it at some time or another and repeat, repeat that cycle. The problem is that I find is when when you're overwhelmed and you're letting the story overwhelm actually overwhelm you, and that could be yeah. really debilitating.
0: Yeah, and, and in support of exactly what you just said, I've noticed more and more so in the last few years, in particularly in sports psychology, where they do a couple of things. Number one, whenever they've got a big game coming up the next week and you know you're up against a, a team that, at that time, in form, is is playing better, is a, a stronger, more formidable opponent. The psychology, the coach, the player, quite often says we are looking forward to the opportunity of testing ourselves against a, against a great, um, uh, basically opponent. Not oh yeah, we're we're going in as the underdogs because that in itself is a, a you're priming for that prepare for that. Uh, so there's I've noticed that more and more and more as a means of. Of down regulating the stress response and the narrative. And the other thing which a couple of coaches have been doing, particularly in, in football games, is people, especially in Australian rules, which is I obviously have a feel good understanding of as well. The 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 team will go into the changing rooms at halftime and they will change gear. They'll go back into fresh gear as if it's like, okay, we're starting again. And that's like a reset, which is a really good psychological primer because it says, okay, irrespective of what happened we're actually on again, you could be down by a significant margin, but we are starting again and it 's a game it 's a game of two games mm. uh, in there and I, and and it's really been helpful so what you 're talking about, Lawrence I get it there are times where we have we may have the technical skill we have the capacity we 've got the endurance, but there's other factors you know i know you 've done previous podcasts in the, the 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 champion's mind and the inner, inner mind and the inner winner 's mind and all those kind of things that play such a big role. Mm. And if it plays such a big role in our capacity to achieve, it can also talk us out of things. It can it can amplify fatigue and challenges ahead of us, etc., and make the whole overwhelm story so much worse.
1: Yeah, and and you know some some players actually are known to use that psychological advantage to their in their favor. I believe it's Michael Jordan, where you know he would walk into the opposing locker room to just yeah. say hi, you know, just to say yeah. hi, and and that. That, you know, because, you know, sometimes the other locker room, we got, you know, younger kids and you're like, oh my God, it's Michael Jordan. And, and like his awe and just him walking into creates a presence um, to kind of scare you where the, you know, the, for the rookies, where the someone who is more experienced is like, Listen, like get out of here like you know just yeah don't, don't get in my head and i think that's exactly yeah. what happens right and uh these these psychological components and in in a business realm is that we are are usually the michael jordan's of our own like the the, yeah. uh, the opponents is we're the only opponent that we're actually facing and, and it gets in our head uh, i was listening to um a podcast uh, i don't know why i was listening to this podcast of kobe bryant and he was just talking about you know really when he used to make all these air balls and these misses He's like, what are you really afraid of? Like in, in in our minds as a fan, you're like, oh my God, that must be, you know, just so sad. or it must be so hard, so much pressure. But in his mind, he's like, I don't care. Like, you know, like, mm. so what? Like, you know, what are the fans going to joke at me? They're going to make fun of me But my head. Like, but he didn't care. He was so detached from all of that noise, but where most of us would be crumbling to that pressure. You know, he loved that pressure. Yep. And and that's the difference between a killer, you know, who's like, you know, a killer isn't in a sport. And he's just so... Uh, focused on what he had to do and worked at it over and over again. He was not, uh, he didn't, he wasn't afraid, you know, he wasn't afraid to take the final shots. And that's the main difference to, to, to some of these, some of the players out there. We, I can't remember his name. There's actually an Australian. I love using on top of my head right now. He's a basketball player. So talented, but he, no, no, he's, he's, he's in the NBA right now. And he uh, he's just chokes at every given moment. He just chokes every single time. In big games, he's just a choker, and he's well-known for yeah. that. Uh, he plays for the Philadelphia 76 I think he might have got traded. Um, but anyways, very talented player, really highly played. Uh, I just wish I can come on top. I'm not a basketball That's fan, okay. so I don't really okay. uh, know the name. okay. Well,
0: I'll add another sport too because out of all the sports that we play, played, a lot of them are dynamic, they're moving, and there's the psychology again. A really fascinating game to play for anybody who ever has is cricket. Now, cricket – when I first
1: introduced my lovely w-
0: I know, that's the problem, that's the problem right? <laughs> So I, I, I played cricket for many, many years and when I first introduced cricket to my wife Bettina, who's a softball, she was a state representative softballer. She goes, Hang on, let me get oh, wow. this straight. Yeah, let me get this straight. Yeah, oh, yeah, man. She's got a rocket arm, my my, really? uh, my lovely wife. She's got a rocket I used arm. To play she softball. A de- okay. She was a design she was the designated hitter. So oh she came God. in where yeah, so she yeah, so it's you know like, Don't mess. Don't mess, don't mess, don't mess, You had a rocket arm, so yeah, all those kind of things. But what um, fascinated you know, when I was playing cricket to her, i go, listen, you know, you, this is what you do, explain the rules. So she goes, let me get this straight. You can play for five days with a team and it can still end up being a draw. And I said, yeah, pretty much. She goes, what a ridiculous game. But, but the thing about cricket, which is absolutely phenomenal, is that you have close proximity to players that you're playing against for nearly five days. So imagine when you're a batsman, you've got a whole team all around you. And let me tell you, they're, they're not encouraging you. They're not giving you words of affirmation and encouragement while you're there. They are trying to get into your head constantly. And if you're out there for a while, you've got them talking at you constantly. So that's the thing about cricket. It's like, as much it's a mental game because it goes over a long period of time. And the Australian captain, um, Steve Waugh, who was one of the most successful captains of that in the era, was so mentally strong and he thrived so much on that trash talk, the teams would refuse to talk to him because he couldn't basically get into an argument that would sometimes elevate it. So he was using it as a, as a, as a trigger to elevate something in being a psychology. So they had to just go, no, we're gonna use a different strategy because this guy comes at us ferociously if we try and get into his head.
1: Yeah, and, and that's the thing with regards to the psychology part of where you kind of mentioned that we are our worst own enemies. And sometimes we really gotta understand that. We have to take a step back and this is where you, a perspective will really help you um, because we're we're fighting against ourselves, We're fighting against our own voice. And if you don't get outside, uh, cons- um, consult, I guess, or um, outside wisdom, it's really difficult to see past that. And I think that's really challenging. Sure. I think sometimes we, having uh, another voice uh, inside your head will be really go a long way in terms of your ability to be able to, 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 you know, really kind of weed out, you know, the negativity, to weed out your own, um, own voice. And that is really challenging, especially when you're on an overall, like it's easy. It's easier when everything's calm, but when you're already under pressure and when you're already in overwhelm it's really difficult to shut down that voice because now it's like you're already drowning and you're swallowing water and you're actually underneath the water and that voice is is the psychological barrier that you have to overcome not only are you physically trying to crawl out of this and get some air but then your brain is getting into you and you have to find another way but the the, the real good thing about life is that most of those overwhelm it's not debilitating it's not life threat yeah. it's mostly in our head and we got to be mm. very, very clear to distinguish between the two. But it feels like you're drowning, feels like you're, everything's going go to go to crap. And I think it's really important to, to just pause to recognize that you need help and then you ask for help.
0: Yeah, some, some great wisdom that I always had around that too, Lawrence, was two things. Number one, when there's noise going on around you, and the noise can be literal or metaphoric. But for example, if you're you know, in a boxing match or an MMA fight, for example, there are hundreds of thousands of people watching and there's a lot of noise in there. And so one of the, the greatest bit of wisdom that I had was narrow down the voices that you listen to. They could be yours, but a lot of the times, you know, if you're a boxer, you're listening to what your coach and your corner team are saying. You have to tune out to all the other noise and the white noise that's going on and just get really, really clear of, where am I going to put my focus and attention? Now, you might not have a, a coach in your corner at that time, but it's exactly the same thing of just what do I listen to? What do I draw inspiration from? And what do I get grounded in as a voice? And that could be your own voice. So that's a really really uh, important part. And the next bit of wisdom was whenever you have so many things to do to as a, as a great counter to that is you just got to focus on the next logical step. You don't have to worry about, You know, Martin Luther King always said, when you go up the staircase, you don't have to worry about step 17, it's step one. And it's breaking it down, chunking it down, you know, sort of bringing everything in from to right here, right now, what moment, what is the first thing that I can do that's within my control that I feel will move me in that direction? And it's fascinating how that could be. That could be in those states of overwhelm, it's like, okay, what do I need to do? Just breathe. Whew, okay, I'm grounded. And so the point of power comes back to you And you can start then regrouping and going, okay, what do I now do next? What do I now do next? And it's just fascinating when you just go to that, what's the first most important thing that I need to do right here, right now, that will change everything. And that can start shifting the the momentum in your favor.
1: Yeah, I think the worst thing that anybody could do when they're in overwhelm is that they are, they're, they're focused on more bigger picture thinking right because when you're overwhelmed and you're bigger 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 picture thinking you're now stuck in a even more overwhelm because now you 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 got to deal with all the steps to lead to that overwhelm so or to that vision that you're actually trying to achieve so i think your advice around the next step i love that quote from martin luther king and it's it's so powerful i've used that so many times whenever i feel this pressure this unnecessary pressure i put my upon myself um usually two things i realize that one it's not as bad as I think it actually is, or I make it out to be right. So that's usually in my head. And two, it's really important to take that first step. Like it is whatever steps you chip away. And I think it's like placing small bets, right? Small swings rather than trying to go after the big home runs. And I think it's, it's, but they got, you got to take a swing. You got to take the small thing. You got to take the safe bets uh, rather than trying to win it all. I don't think we need to win it all to, to get out of one. The, the best way to do is actually taking small steps forward. And sooner or later, you just keep your head down to the next step, the next step, the next step. You will eventually find your way out.
0: Yeah. And and the, the biggest thing that I've also come to understand as well, too, is that whenever there's a lot of going on, there's the situation. And the, as you said, right at the start, your own representation your own emotional regulation of what's going on and a really important thing is to actually get yourself emotionally regulated and grounded irrespective of what's going on now you quite often will hear i know we, we've probably used more sports examples in this podcast episode than anything else but one of the greatest cricketers of all time was a guy called shane warren for people outside of australia um, who may not or particularly in europe not, not as many people who aren't english would would know this he was one of the most. He's one of the most amazing players in his in this sport, and he had an amazing capacity to be a big game player. So it was almost as if, and there was a period where there was scandal around um, what was going on off field for him, and people were like, "I can't imagine has so much pressure. He's got media he's hounding him. He's home. He's relationship, All those kind of things." And he would get up onto the ground, and something would happen. He'd play some of his most, uh, most amazing games. Now, most people are challenged by that, myself included. I, I, if I'd gone through what he had gone through, to then be able to perform at the highest level uh, would have been hard enough. But he sometimes found another gear where some of his best games happened to be when he had the most amount of conflict, the most amount of drama, the most amount of distraction outside the game. And it highlighted the importance of being able to get really, really clear and get grounded in self to show up as a big game player, irrespective of what's going on.
1: There's a great demonstration. There's one movie. uh, It's called for the love of the game. Most people probably haven't seen it. It's a baseball movie with Kevin Costner. And he is, the reason why I'm bringing this up, movie out up, because it visually shows this mechanism that you know big game players can kind of do, which is he does this thing. He's a pitcher, uh, and uh, and he basically says, you know, says to himself, clear the mechanism, I think, or something to that effect. And what it does is that you hear the crowd noise just kind of just blur out, and just the noise just quiet from like loud to kind of just quiet. And all it is at the end is just him, the catcher, and the batter he's facing. And i think that's like this mindfulness that you know we've been talking a lot about it, which is about training like you don't do that you can't just train while you're in overwhelm like that mindfulness has to come when you're not in overwhelm and i think this is where the training part is such a vital thing we kind of hone in on this it's like how do you manage overwhelm like the, you know the, which is what we're talking about in today's podcast is Well, you got to do it when you're not actually in overall, like be prepared. And that's one of the helpful ways to do it. Like you got to spend the time to really train your brain, train your mind to have your ability to be able to to deal with those circumstances when it occurs. And we don't know when they're going to happen. We don't know when things are going to go sideways. But that's the point. You want to make sure to be prepared for that. You don't want to be put in a situation where things go sideways. Then you go, okay, well, now what do I do? Because by then, it's almost usually too late. Now, we can probably get away with a few of these, but we want to be in a position where we can handle those pressures. We can handle those pressure situations. You know, you talked about Shane Warren or any of these players. They didn't get to that position by just being that's the first time they ever handled pressure, right? Mm -hmm. You almost have to sometimes, you got to put yourself in those situations in order to thrive. Some people thrive and some people will cave. And the people who cave, like it's, it's a mental training. It's not a physical skill. It's not an, an emotion, it's, it's something that you have to train your mental ability and strength to do that. So my encouragement yep. today, you know, we talk about all the salt. solutions to the managing overwhelm is to actually, you know, train your brain, train your body, train your mind before it actually even get to that stage.
0: Yeah, and, and I, would put, I would say, Lawrence, that even you verbalizing your experience in your in, in the game, if you were in another scenario again, you would take that wisdom of this is what I learned as a result of that to reframe that whole experience moving forward, and I think that's what live drills, live scenario training is all about: is preparing you, like you said, when you're not in that scenario. So that when you are in the scenario, you go, "Yep, got this. This is familiar. This is normal." So you're not you're not alarming your primal brain going, "Danger! Danger! Danger! This is not good, or this is beyond." You're actually going. There's a familiarity, getting comfortable, being uncomfortable, so to speak, that yeah. allows you to actually go. I can still perform. Yep, I've done this before. This is normal. Nothing, no, nothing to see, nothing to worry about, and that, as a result, that allows you to stay in your zones of still performing while things are a little bit more challenging than normal.
1: Yeah, and, and drawing from lessons from your last overwhelm or previous times has been helpful for me. Like I remember, it took me many years to figure this out. You know, that we talked about, like just taking the first step. You know. Uh, I was talking to my coach and, and it was, it hit me like after so many years, I went, wait a second, I've been here many times before. Why am I still here? And I realized I'm like, Oh, you know what? Like all those other times, like the times were getting further and further apart. Like in terms of my overwhelm, I used to get overwhelmed quite often, like say every couple months or every quarter where then there was like, now like it was at the time it was maybe every six months. And I'm like, oh, okay, like at least they're spreading apart, but I'm still experiencing it. So then I was getting frustrated. I was like, oh, wait a second. I'm like, okay, well, what did I do the last few times? Like, what did I do in the previous time? And it's usually two things. One is having some sense of direction, like just having some sort of, remember, don't have to be clear on it. Just like, I just got to go that way, you know, and just knowing a direction, a sense of direction helps me because I can point myself that way. And then the second thing was just take the next step. Like, don't worry about all the steps ahead of me. Just take the next step. And those two things always gets me out. And uh, and yeah. it's like it's helpful to remind to be reminded of that on a regular basis.
0: Yeah. So I I, I think we can start winding up now and really just summarizing and basically by sharing our own stories, saying, hey, you know what happens to all of us? It really does. And while we support people through that, that's usually when we've got objectivity, when we're fully associated. When it, you know that's when we're dissociated, we can have an observer effect. We can look at what's going on. We can see, hey the blind spots for everybody, but it's sometimes harder for yourself when you're in it and you're fully associated in that experience. And we recognize, for both of us, that yeah, there was an element of that because there were competing priorities, there's time constraints, we've got a whole lot of things. And suddenly, at the start of this podcast, we both got the scenario and went, hey, yeah, we've got a lot of stuff going on. We could do one of two things, which was we talked about was we can suppress it and talk about something else, or we could actually do what we did today was actually go, hey, Hey, here's us. Here's here's what's going on for us through this process of us talking it through. I'm clear on some things that I'm going to do, which will help me. And in the process, hopefully, it's given people some insight into what they can do for themselves as well.
1: Well, the perfect analogy, I think, I'll leave with this. You know, to put that in perspective, what you just sort of said is that just imagine if you know anybody who's done CrossFit, you would know what this feels like. Or anybody who just watched sport, you would know what this feels like. You know, when you you as a as a viewer, as a as an audience, you know. You know, when someone, you see a friend, you know, just say I'm watching Jim and he's doing his workout and I'm, you know, I'm I'm cheering him on. I'm like, come on, Jim, come on, just a few more. Let's go. Let's hustle. Come on. It's easy for the TV, the, the armchair quarterback to sit there and go, just throw a little harder. Just make that play. Right. It's so much easier, but let's put that in reverse. What if you were the player? Like your heart rate is at like 180 beats per minute. You're like, you are tired, exhausted, and your vision is blurry, and you got to pick up that weight, or you got to shoot that puck, or you got to throw that ball. You got to remember in that moment, the pressure is overwhelmed. You do not have perspective. You know what I mean, so that's the difference between when you're in the overwhelm, like you, th- your vision is very tunneled, right? It's like, that's all you can see. You can't see. You know, you can easily imagine like if if I was that person, I would be doing this, right? I remember How many times have you, all of us, you know, watching jujitsu or MMA fight yeah. or you know, CrossFit? Like if I was, I can't believe that, you didn't I'll be to, do I'll that. Just, I yeah, I would hang yeah. on to that bar. <laughs> I'm going to be able to live. You know, it's like, yeah, it's easy for us to say because we're not feeling like we're just observing, but we're not feeling all the pressures in. So when you're feeling the pressure, like it's quite overwhelming. When you're in overwhelm, like all that stuff is is in your head. And it's really hard to get objective view. And I think that's the the, the main difference is that sometimes having an observer to realize, like, hey, okay, you're not actually doing these fundamental basic stuff because you're just so stuck on just trying to get, you know, to survive. I think it's really important to kind of, you know, pause because usually the game of life you're playing isn't like a win or lose life or death right in any given moment of time. So having that perspective is really helpful. So I hope you guys enjoyed that podcast, you know, just to really share that all of us go through overwhelm. We have challenges. We all have to deal with them. It's about learning how to deal with it. That's the most important. So hope you enjoyed that. Please share this with other people. Uh, Please like us, comment, and uh, ask us some questions around what other topics you would like to have on the next podcast of Wapisawi. Talk to you soon.